Welcome to the latest edition of the Visions and Tones podcast. Uh, I'm with great friends today. We're going to talk a little bit about community engagement, what that is, and we're going to sort of take a bit of a bite onto many other segments, including accountability, including different activities within the organizations, and so on and so forth. Um, I hope this episode is sort of informative to you and yours in a sense that there's few things you can take and implement and just also have the many discussions, you know, going on within your immediate communities. And joining me today, I've got the uh, latest, or let me say newly elected president of Wananji, which is a Kenyan community in Newcastle in Australia. We've got Mr. Herbert. Welcome, sir. It's good to have you. Uh, it's good to be here. I expect to have a, a very um, robust right. conversation with uh, yourself and David here. I'm, I'm hopeful of that. And obviously, we've got, uh, uh, should I call you now a friend of the podcast? Because you're not really a new I mean, person. I'd be honored. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a friend of the podcast. He's the leader of uh, Nina Lim. Uh, you've heard Dave Fortu before. We had a chat about diversity and many other complexities. Dave, it's good to have you. Welcome back. Thank you very much for having me again. Yeah, it's good brilliant. Um, wow, two different groups. More Dave Fortu with Nina Lim is mostly young people and uh, Wananchi is mostly a big, you know, country sort of organization. Maybe if we can start with the president here and then we'll sort of uh, go across, Dave. What What is Wananchi uh, and, and what are its objectives here in Australia? And perhaps for you can think about it in the context of Ninalem. I know that we touched base before, but it'll be great to sort of hear you, you know, give attention on that again. Okay. Um, to start off, Wananchi is a group that is mainly formed of Kenyans living in the Hunter, Newcastle, and Central Coast area. Uh, Wananchi was, is, a, is a group that was formed uh, about 10, 10, 11 years ago. Uh, and it's basically a group or a small community organization that focuses on um, creating links between Kenyans and local people. Uh, people from the Hunter Central Coast um, regions and creating long-lasting uh, networks between peoples from Kenyans, Kenyan backgrounds or people who have uh, an affiliation with, with Kenya. So our objectives as a group is to first and foremostly um, get ourselves together and get ourselves socially, uh, economically together and trying as an organization to reach our own goals, but at the same time, um, creating links for us as individuals, mm -hmm. us as a group, and also looking you know, further afield, creating links between us, and us as an organization and local organizations, possibly even being a, a conduit mm -hmm. for development, whether it's in Kenya, whether it's here, whether it's an idea of sharing um, ideas, um, information between ourselves and people from back home. Does that mean as a South African, especially when you speak about associates, uh, does that mean as a South African I can join Wananchi? Yes. Um, what? But what are the no-go areas, in, in, if, if there's any? We we don't discriminate, discriminate, I guess, in terms of you joining us um, or anyone joining us for that matter. Right. Uh, the key thing is, as an individual who's joining us, we we look at it as, do you have an interest in knowing and understanding a bit about our culture mm -hmm. and the ability to exchange your culture with us as, as an organization and bringing in your skills so that we can learn from your skills and being able to share our skills with yourself. I think a key part for, for me being a person, um, a member of the diaspora, I guess, living in Australia, part and parcel of what brought about this organization is the idea that as a person who's new to the country, I can share my skills and at the same time attain a lot of skills from individuals who are here. And the only way we can do that as an organization, I believe, um, is by sharing not only social uh, boundaries. I guess one of the things that um, uh, I guess we... we we sort of fall back on is the idea that when I came to, to this country, uh, I wanted to find a church, okay. <laughs> a church. Yeah. And, and that to, to someone who is not from, um, you know, a Christian background, that might not have been a big thing, but I went all over, I think for about two, three months looking for a church 
and saying to people, I want to become, I want to join a Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. But everyone I asked, they didn't know about church. Right. Yeah. So, but creating that opportunity, creating a point where if I want to look for something that's individually asp- uh, an aspiration, a goal for me, whatever it is, I can then find someone who's got a link to someone else. So say, mm-hmm. for example, from for, for you from South Africa, and I'll use a very common one. You you want to find uh, sadza, uh, which for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, is, is is a local food from South Africa. I may have someone who has that food. Yeah, in South Africa, call it, call it pop. You might be used pop, with the name. Yeah. Pop, pop. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I might have that link. Uh, and that was simply the idea that we we started off the organization with, but then that has grown uh, through uh, something I think we, I'm hoping we'll talk about yeah. about a, a lot of community engagement and finding out what are individual and group aspirations, group goals that we can as, as an organization can put, um, I guess, a formal structure behind mm-hmm. to help us as a group mm-hmm. attain our aspirations, mm-hmm. uh, and that has now developed from you know simple things like food church you know, right. everyday needs right. to now uh, career-oriented goals um, to links b- between universities, mm. between universities back home and universities here. So that has grown through our community engagement. And, and as a, an organization, that is where our focus is right now, is not only um, focusing on the individual, but growing ourselves as an organization and being a point of call I want to stress a point of call for a network, not the individual. I guess we, we as one inch don't see ourselves as uh, as those who take the credit, but taking your skills and putting your skills together, um, and saying as a conduit, we are the people we can who can facilitate. That, mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, feel free to sort of dive deep in as much information as you can because I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to keep much time with you unless stated otherwise. Because you wanted to sort of speak more about the structure, but you sort of kind of like left it for a little bit later on there. Uh, we'll come back to it. Yes, unless stated otherwise. But but I was sort of curious in asking. I still, I still, I still chasing church the same way you were chasing church when you came. Uh, that one, I've got to say, um, I've had the opportunity through one inch actually to to meet up with a lot more people than I actually thought from different churches, mm-hmm. and had the ability to to explore um, different churches. Uh, some um, personally, I'm from a Presbyterian background, but I've had the opportunity to change um, to taste, I guess, yeah. different churches, and, and that has come through meeting other people, right? And, and being able to say, okay, um, I might come and try church with you one day and yeah. see what happens. Yeah, yeah, that is brilliant. For two, mm. maybe if we can talk a little bit about Ninalem. Um, uh, Again, maybe as history, the formation of Ninalem, and with you, I see there's a great level of diversity in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can sort of touch also on the diversity, how do you sort of coordinate things? And and what I like about Ninalem, unless if things have changed, but the last time we had a chat, it was not sort of formally registered. Mm-hmm. So yes. how how does leadership play itself around? Because you guys seem to have a great visibility and this lot of fun and enjoyment mm-hmm. and, and we'll touch on later on then about what you think about structure in itself for instance what is happening within um, um, Wananchi in itself mm. um, well where do I start um, I, I guess I'll just recap I guess what Ninlim is for those who might not have heard but Ninlim is pretty much a uh, a multicultural group who celebrates multiculturalism and diversity, especially amongst our uh, youth and young adults age. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty much uh, a group that sort of is focused on empowering uh, young black indigenous people of color. Um, yeah, just encouraging them in their skin color, whether it's black, brown, whatever it is, um, as well as... Um, empowering them to engage in their own culture, their cultural background, uh, because we can be so empowered by that. Um, and also just a, an avenue, I guess, also for like our white brothers and sisters to yeah. also come and learn. Uh, but ultimately, the whole thing is to be growing socially and culturally literate uh, with everything, with all the cultures, because I can see that uh, this world, as well as our city, is quickly diversifying. Okay. Um, so it's pretty much, that's what its focus is. Uh, in terms of diversity, I think we 
do it best by focusing on things that are common amongst all cultures, which is those really uh, big labels of, like, say, arts. So, like, music right. or dance. I think yeah. you remember we were talking about that. Uh, so, those things, and food especially. Right. Um, okay. So, when we do um, our gatherings and whatnot, it's always around those things. We might say, you would have seen a lot in this last year, um, we've been doing a lot of things with... Uh, um, the ASNC from the uni mm-hmm. um, and when they host nights and so on I'll encourage my little limbs to come along support and it's also a great opportunity for us to yeah lean into culture um, cultures so to say um, but yeah that's pretty much how we deal with diversity right. in its best form focus on the things that are common across all cultures yeah right right and there's something that you say that is very interesting you go visit other cultural groups and see mm-hmm. what they do mm. and and i think that's interesting but is that is that common practice within wananchi and and have you ever thought of that as to what benefits could it bring in terms of your organization if you have the habit of visiting other people because dayford has done that they've been through with nina lem they went through to hack when it was africa day mm-hmm. and very often i see you dave taking a couple of people when it's uh, pacifica celebrations yes. yeah. and so on and so forth but people get really uh, informed and 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 it's also a space of learning more even about respecting each other because mm-hmm. the, the the reality is that even as um, diasporic community we can actually bring our own sort of differences and try to sort of other each other without thinking that there's a space where we can actually meet each other for instance if for you habit was more familiar with the African politics yes. you'd you'd be aware that Part of some of the communities, the Hutus and the Tutsis of, of, of Rwanda, when yep. they come into this space, they still sort of like distance each other yep. in a way, you know. And within also the Nigerian and the Ghanaian community, I don't know whether the, <laughs> and I'm going to say this is a joking way, I don't know whether the, the, the debate about the jalop, jalop. is it <laughs> is it a genuine thing that can separate them? I'm just kidding. But but yeah, do you want to take a bite on what I just said? I think um, for Wanainchi, um in the years that I've been involved in Wanainchi, we have and continue to um, to explore uh, as much as we can uh, opportunities to come and see what other communities are doing. Uh, in particular, of, of in the last few years, we've been very African centric, um, and simply because, as you as you have mentioned, is the idea of having a common something that a common thread. Um, and we have, as Dave mentioned, yeah, because yeah, I'm, 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 I'm worried people who are, who will be listening to be like, oh, as Tony said, I don't know, so I <laughs> sorry, <laughs> yeah, as, uh, as, as David said, you know, yeah. having a common thread is something that is very important to us, uh, and and I think also um, the idea that that um, if I'm bringing one inch to something and, and coming to present ourselves, we we want as much as possible to have those who are coming feel comfortable. Because I think that's really important. Um, the, the idea that if, say, for example, we're going to a community group that is not, um, we feel that is not inclusive or within our own objectives, it becomes really difficult. We have tried that in a number of, of, of occasions where we have gone to some... Um, Do you have an example that you can give? I, I don't want to uh, put something forward but there's a couple of community events that we've gone to very early on Mm -hmm. where we've presented something or or have been part of that organization and felt not included enough in the sense that we're not um we're we're not their focus okay um but was that a repetitive thing or it just a once-off thing i think it is a once-off thing once-off thing the benefit of doing that and i think the benefit of us actually actually Sorry, participating in that event was that people actually got to realize, or those, not those at the time that were um, heading the organization, I guess, but those who were participating was the idea that there is some commonality, mm-hmm. whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some commonality with almost every individual that you meet, every community group. The focuses are, are usually all the same. Uh, you want to have a feeling of belonging, all those sort of things. And that was really good for us. But then we had to step back because um, until we are able of, or at the point where it becomes a focus to us mm. to go out and, and and you know sort of show ourselves, I think at our point in time, we are focused on um, 
solidifying our own group base. Right. Um, and I and I like what what Nina Lem is doing because I've seen you at very many um, very many um, different uh, events events, yeah. events you know and and that sort of thing. So I, I truly appreciate what they what they're doing. I think that's something that I'd like to have more of a conversation about. What does that look like? Feel free to ask him. <laughs> he's here, uh, Dave. I, he's no here. here. <laughs> Feel free to ask him. Uh, I think one of the things that I actually love about these is the fact that you guys go out and show this is who we are without fear without um, it's almost to me it's eye opening uh, and I think as a new president that's something that I'd like to encourage Wanainchi to do to get out and show ourselves and show who we can possibly be um, or where we are now but what it could look like if we all join together and move towards a a common goal Mm -hmm. I like that about Nina Lem I think for us um, our current focus is to solidify ourselves and see where we stand um, as one inchi, which is not a bad thing. But what does solidify mean? I think that that goes back to that idea, and I think the very beginning you talked about community engagement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for one inchi is uh, we have to revisit. Right. We have grown exponentially. S- in the last few mm-hmm. years. Yeah, yeah. So we started off as almost a student uh, organization. And now we have a vast, vast membership from kids who were born last week. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, all the way to people who have been here for over 50 years. So we need to go back and, and see how, as an organization, as a committee, where does our focus lie? Mm-hmm. Uh, do we... Do we compartmentalize i guess if uh, that's a yeah. word we can use do we have departments do we what sort of structure do we need to get each and everyone's aspirations met mm. one of the key things i think about any community organization is going back to your own community and finding out what do they want what do they focus on i might be focused on because right now um yeah i'm at that age where i'm very career oriented mm. So my focus might be for the committee and for the organization to create links for people who want to join the workforce. Mm. You're out of uni, you've just gotten a degree in engineering. How do you forward your career? And through maybe some of the networks that one entry might might be able to create might actually help you. That's our focus personally. But that might be very different from someone who's a student, for example, might be very different for someone who is a mom, a newly, uh, uh, a new mom. Mm. Their focus might be completely different. So once, and this is just being as a new president, is getting that community engagement right so that we have people's aspirations, people's desires, people's goals taken into account. That then comes back into our own accountability because then I'm not leading an organization that is self-empowering. Right. I'm empowering the community by giving them what they want. Mm-hmm. And also coming back and saying, okay, these are unachievable goals. These are goals we can achieve in five years. These are goals we can achieve in a year. These are goals we can achieve in two months, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. But it all starts with coming back and having that discussion, an honest discussion with your community members. Dave, what I wanted to find out from you, um, I guess earlier on, I also asked whether, as I just alluded, I would love to hear how you deal with issues of structure. Mm-hmm. Your organization is mostly the young people, the youth, and yes. and and Herbs here is talking about, you know, membership being from is very recently born mm-hmm. child to probably people who, are, who have been here for over 50 obviously you can see there that we're talking about different generations right mm-hmm. and very often you know the older generation might find it very difficult to understand the younger generation mm. so the structure that you have for me is one of the things that has been very impressive i was like i wonder how it's almost like um lives of bees i don't know if you know the lives of bees mm-hmm. Um, you know how sometimes the queen, the queen can sort of be, you know, ordained by the community, come and lead us, but it's not in a form of like queens coming and say vote for me in a way like canvassing or whatever, fighting for positions. 
And with you guys, I've been sort of interested in knowing whether, was there any space where let's induct this person into leadership, let's vote for this person in, or everybody who comes in just gets to see the culture, how it is, and they align without finding space in themselves to try to contest for position or to bring whatever politics around. Mm. And as to whether in all that kind of structure that you guys have, um, for an organization like Wananshi, I don't know how, how the youth group is for, for your organization, but for any other organization, Dave, that has young people, it could be Wananshi, it could be HEC, it could be ASNC in itself. What could be the best advice that you think you might give to them in terms of how to understand issues of diversity, issues of youth activities, issues of you know the contemporary lifestyle? I mean, you guys do a lot of dances and whatnot. You sort of interact with the community through... Uh, Instagram chats with your dances we see your visibility in there and I'm not sure whether you guys are already on TikTok because TikTok is another thing that I was thinking about you know uh, as as Hebs was talking about also making ourselves known to the people I had a conversation yesterday with uh, Zach and I was mentioned because he said to me how can we become relevant again because people have become more apathetic today mm-hmm. and I said to him one of the things I said to him, to him a mouthful but one of the things that I mentioned was thinking about the fact that the, the society today does not like reading does not really, really like reading <laughs> and they don't write like writing hence a lot of people would embrace chat um, gpt as you as, as you'd know right now right. and then i said part of the ways to sort of increase your visibility it could be finding someone from kenya who's a very comedic kind of a person who can sort of uh, do tiktok clips on behalf of wananji and whatever whenever you've got upcoming activities you sort of use that kind of a fun short clips 30 seconds to a minute kind of advertisement to show that we are upcoming i know you'll respond to that but i want to i want to sort of run to dave sorry i'm saying a mouthful i've got a problem of going on a monologue sometimes (laughs) dave yes um okay i guess i'll start with the structure question so i think i remember last time you were asking like how do we do things and i was sort of mentioning how i guess knowing the people you're with uh, is so important to how you run things, I guess. So, like for us, Newcastle Nindalems, I remember last time we talked about um, Beck and her Sydney Nindalems um, and how, like, for them, uh, structure was so important because that's just the way they roll. And also, it was a big aspect of Desi culture because a lot of them are Desi. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for us here, we're free flowing. I think that definitely comes from the fact that I'm a Pacific Islander and as Pacific Islanders, we just go with right. the flow. It's the island line. Yeah. Um, so I think ultimately, yeah, just knowing what your people will match with, the people that you're with. Um, and So you never bother yourself at all about let's have a president, a secretary or whatnot. It's just fluid. You just That's delegate right. to somebody else. Can you do this? Can you do that? Yes. Yeah, so in terms of leadership, I guess it's always just been, like you said, uh, the second thing you mentioned was how you sort of just see uh, if someone sort of carries the same values or yeah. something or so okay. to say. Um, and that's pretty much what it's been. It's like we will hang out uh, at one of our gatherings or something and then we've just met this person, we've invited them along and we can see that they really share those core values of what Ninlim is. So then we sort of just, yo, like, come help us with this, right. lead with us, you know? Because um, it's, like, ultimately it's voluntary. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I like, we're still not official, so it's very just, look, if you're passionate about your culture, if you're passionate about empowering uh, the younger generation and um, then yeah so it's still not us, registered yeah. but you are able to sort of keep the number as to yes. roughly how many people are part of you know, mm-hmm. or, or very consistent so, yes. so how many are, are they at the moment yeah so like consistently at the moment like I would say at least 30 strong that I can like I'm like yeah, yes yeah. I know they'll be there at the next yeah. gathering yeah because the number keeps fl- fluctuating people come and go mm-hmm, right that's right and yeah. and how's the countries do you want to do you want to go con- counting the countries now how many Ooh. people have had if you can still remember I was I was blown away by this hands, yes. by the, way, the last time oh, I checked yeah. do you remember what it was last time I think number? you had more than 25 if I'm not mistaken yeah that's yeah. that's impressive <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and like, the number wasn't 30 it, mm-hmm. it was a lot of people because remember also you guys came from COVID and yes, a lot of right. things happen and people mm-hmm. sometimes change careers they change mm-hmm. locations they move around that's right so yeah. we've had a lot of moving and people coming and going which is so fun you know life yeah. moves yeah. Um, but I think that's why I'm counting 30 because over this last year 
um, we haven't been too focused on like really reaching out so it's more so just keeping especially while everything's changing in the world around us so we're like okay let's just sort of keep each other um, but countries oh do we go through the regions again <laughs> yes like you don't have to yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't want to but yeah yeah so I think yeah maybe not right right <laughs> still unless you want me to, to it's still I want to crack <laughs> your brains right I'm like okay where, where am I in the world <laughs> yes but yeah the, the numbers are still there with those countries and then maybe like a few that have been added on mm-hmm. um, with the young people Dave mm-hmm. please I know you, you had a question for him please don't forget uh, it yeah, yeah. with the young people um would you say the way things are today, the way they operate and whatnot, should the old people, I don't want to use the word dictate, but should they impose things on them or they should be in the culture of letting young people be? Because very often when we come from two structured countries and whatnot, we tend to want young people to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And you see this also, for instance, with, you know, even Christian organizations, people come from too traditional because you as now a 50-year-old man in your youth group, you were praying in tongues for 30 hours. Mm-hmm. Then you want young people today to pray for 30 hours in the same because that's, how, that's, that's the frame of what vibrancy means and effectiveness means to you. But that's old-fashioned. Certain things might be old-fashioned even in the way in which we view young people today. What, what can you speak on that? Like, mm-hmm. what's your vision? What do you think might work today? And considering also the fact that you are in a more diverse space, how do you deal with it? The fact that for some people they might feel like this kind of winging life thing mm. might not mm-hmm. really be it. Yes, I'm glad you asked that because I was meant to talk on that when you're talking about structure and uh, leadership. But ultimately, the biggest thing that I've learned over this last three years, when everything's been changing around us, is that young people are so adaptable. Like really adaptable to change and stuff. So change, as ironic as that is, is one of the only constants around us uh, that things will always change. And I think, um, yeah, like young people have so much to offer in the way they deal with change. Um, Not to say that we just disregard what those before us have talked about, sorry, Um, because that was also the last cookout that we had we were sort of highlighting the importance of uh, intergenerational knowledge, so to say. Uh, I think it's so important to have that balance of uh, being adaptable, uh, being adaptable to change around you, but also having that those foundations of culture. So when we were talking about intergenerational knowledge, we were talking about how... Um, yeah, really take on what our, our ancestors and our elders have... Uh, given us yeah. Um, because a lot of the time we as young people like to just throw that out the window I know our generation likes to do that because right. we think that it's yeah it's changing but I think it's so important to have the balance between uh, being adaptable but also having those strong foundations because uh, yeah I think roots are so important mm-hmm. very very important to your identity to who you are as young black indigenous and people of color but then it's also so important to see how uh our world is becoming hybrid, so to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like ultimately, young people are so adaptable, and that's what I've. Yeah. Okay, so I've I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for us as one Inchi because um, I do know that uh, we are led primarily by people over forties, um, mm-hmm. and we have that issue of, uh, I guess, engaging with the youth. Um, and my question to you is, how do we, as those who would be viewed as you know the older generation, to some extent, um, engage with you at a point that you feel, uh, as youth, feel that we are uh, giving you that space, that mm. that opportunity to to flex your muscles, I guess, mm. for for lack of a better word, just the idea that we can still be, um, I guess, that umbrella body. If, if 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 possible mm. and still allow you to do what you want to do within a structure that we have created for you in mm. the sense that and I think you mentioned one thing um, that there is constant change mm-hmm. uh, I believe that Wanainchi within our own constitution have put in um, 
clauses that that always um, recognize that there will be change. Mm. So whatever leadership we have, we can then adapt to whatever yes. situation we have. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, what we're finding is that because we have a very structured, I guess, uh, almost, I think there's, uh, I'll go into my own language here for a second. Um, I go to a church and they call it Mutaratara, uh, which basically means you can count. Okay. So you can count something that happens uh, or, or you can you can time anything that happens in church. A hymn will be sung for one minute. <laughs> ah, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I remember when I was a young person, as a, a, as a member of the youth church, uh, I, I remember seeing this as being so boring. Uh, now that I'm older, uh, I feel that my, even though it was, it's way much more fluid than what my parents were, I feel as though I'm too old mm-hmm. for the young generation. Mm. How do we, and this is, a, I think as organizations, how do we cater for young people to still come and join and be able to be, feel, be, feel that belonging mm. to us? So that, that to me is, I think, is something that's very important for us as organizations, uh, especially for those of us from diasporic backgrounds. Mm. Uh, that doesn't alienate you from us? Yeah, that's a good question, really good question. So I think two things come to mind. Um, So like the first thing is you're talking about like as you got older, you sort of were like, okay, now the things that I'm seeing that were once boring, so to say, are like I'm like now understanding it. Or So I think that's also so important when we talk about like intergenerational knowledge so these things that I think young people need to understand too is that eventually you will grow up and you'll see that the things that your elders are doing okay. that those people before you are doing are actually so valuable to you um, so don't fully disregard that that's definitely important even if it's like they might look at and like they might not click at the moment uh, they might not like it might not seem like they're engaging but eventually they will grow to I think it's they'll grow to liking it I think it's um it's really like almost like a rite of passage or part of everyone's growth is that when you're young, you think these things, but as you get older, you realize how valuable they are to your growth. So you don't have to disregard that. Uh, But also um, in terms of reaching young people, just recently I started a temporary role just for three months with the youth council uh, and they pretty much uh, brought myself and one other young person in as consultants uh, in terms of event organization and the their purpose and vision behind it was that uh, in order to really reach young people they had to speak to the young people and I think that's so important is collaboration uh, and mm-hmm. actually having those young people represented in your the decisions that are made and uh, those meetings that you have is so important um, I know for say us ethnic so to say Young people of color might not, uh, they might not say what they what they want in front of the elders. Yeah. So maybe, uh, do you have a like a youth team, so to say, so to speak? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny that uh, you mentioned that we have a member of the youth team who I don't think is a member of the youth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Okay. right. Technically, so yeah. so I guess that's something that we will take back, and mm-hmm. I think that's something that's really important for a lot of our, uh, our organizations. I think even. Uh, this might be one for Hack, which which is you know one of our organizations locally. Uh, I do know that they have a youth position. Yeah, is that youth position actually a member of the youth? Mm. Is that a person who speaks on behalf of the youth? Um, I, I know question. in my in yeah. my organization that's yeah. something we are looking at uh, really intensely and saying. We want youth to come and join us. We you want to uh, come closer. Uh, we want youth to come and join us. Um, so I think that's a, that's a really good thing that you brought up. Mm-hmm. We need to empower those of us in, I guess, who are in an older position uh, or, or are from an older generation. Need to empower the youth. In as much as we may not understand it, <laughs> yeah. which occasionally does happen, um, we do need to empower that. We need to take on some of those suggestions. For example, you talked about TikTok right now. Mm. You talked about um, technology. I'm the only guy here, I've just noticed, 
who still got a notepad, <laughs> <laughs> pen and paper. <laughs> I don't even have a book here. <laughs> pen and paper. But you see, I actually now, and as much as I don't understand it, it actually makes sense. If I can get to people through TikTok, if I can use media, if I, if I can get onto the level where youth um, are, are, are engaging, then I'm more likely to engage them. And then the decisions that I make, because I can actually understand it through someone else, mm. Then that means I'm actually doing it for my community, and not just for you know one section of the community, but mm-hmm. it's actually targeting the whole part of the community. And one thing I've realized over the last few years, uh, I've got a young daughter who is you know young; uh, she's about six or seven, uh, and yeah, she's six or seven. Do you know the TikTok <laughs> where they ask the dad, you know, "How old is your son? What's your son's favorite example. color?" Yeah. <laughs> I hope she never listens to this. <laughs> anyway, um, but getting to their level, getting to their level mm-hmm. is when you actually get through to them. Mm. So as organizations, as especially those of us, you mentioned something that's actually really true. Those of us from diasporic um, uh, communities, diasporic cultures, especially people of color, youth tend not to speak up when... Uh, when we're in front of our elders. Uh, I think as leaders, uh, and yourself included, you need to listen to those voices that that um, you know are quieter when their mass is around. That is absolutely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, a key thing to community, community engagement is not always listening to the loudest voice. Right. Listening to those voices that are a bit quieter. Mm. Um, I'd encourage... I'd encourage anyone who is involved in community work to That's to 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 give those spaces to those people, mm-hmm. whether it's the elderly, and when I say the elderly, I'm including myself, <laughs> or those who are younger, or those who are just naturally quieter, giving them the opportunity, yeah, wherever they're from. So pass on the mic, don't hold space. You know? <laughs> even even that one who might not be betterly articulate in English, you find that in in Swahili they might be able to formulate something yes. very well. And might give you a, you know good pointers, but while we discussing this, I'm thinking of this. There's a growing culture of apathy that I'd love to sort of hear. How do you deal with it, or if you can chip in on that, and perhaps you'll think more herbs about how this is applicable to your community. I think from a sociological observation. The culture of collectivism within indigenous people or people of color, for mm. me. It seems like it is waning mm-hmm. in a sense that when we were back home bound by poverty and whatnot, we, we knew that we could always lean on either the neighbor or we could lean on other <clears throat> relatives and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But today, with people being able to sort of advance their lives, get jobs and whatnot, they tend to get into that Western individualistic kind of a lifestyle that I can afford myself, I can do whatever I want, I can get on a holiday however I want, I don't need you in my life. Until then life hits you in front, then maybe there's a death in the family, then you discover that actually it takes the community to come and comfort me. I do need community. But still, people would want to sort of lean towards community on advantageous sort of situations. How do we deal with apathy? within our groups in the context where you try by all means to integrate new people who might be coming back home from Kenya or any other young person who came from any other country. But for the youth, I know it might not really be a difficult thing, but with the older people, and I don't know what I mean by older, because sometimes even from 25 of age, between 25 and, and, and 35, that age group seems to be very dramatic recently in my own in my own view where there's this individualistic thing i can do things by myself and blah 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 blah, all that and this is also a crucial space group of young people that you need to be sort of active because they are the bridging gap between the younger ones and the older ones so the middle one is a little bit of you know missing in a way not much involved in different activities you try to invite them you played with them and so on and so forth but this mentality of individualism as opposed to collectivism how can we combat that in a sense that we see people coming back again or part of combat combating that have you ever thought of 
us redefining what does involvement really mean? Because a whole lot of these things are happening in different organizations today where people can say, I'm part of that organization. Or people can say, I'm part of that church. You've never seen that individual in church before. <laughs> but they're part of the church because probably maybe they pay tithe from wherever they are mm-hmm. or they put in whatever financial support in whatever way that they can. So is there maybe a need as part two of my first question? I don't know if you can be, you'll be able to sort of <laughs> capture that. Is there a need for organizations to redefine what do we mean by membership and by community engagement? And should engagement always be a matter of visibility or engagement can also be a matter of online but in different modes and us creating different modes through which people can still be involved in our organizations and we can see membership still being high and so on and so forth. So some groups are good in sort of creating associates kind of branch in a way as an associate you might not really be fully involved in doing many of the other activities but you are still part of the organization in whatever boundaries that might exist in a way but how do we deal with apathy and is there a need to sort of rethink what involvement and engagement is i guess i'll start off um from a 190 background I think it is inevitable that there will be points in life where your engagement with something wanes, increases, decreases. Um, And that's just the cycle of life. As organizations, we actually need to recognize and cater for that. So that is one of the key things in sustainability of an organization. As one inch, we try and cater for every single one of those points in life. And there'll be, there'll be points in, t- in time where the engagement of an indiv- individual will dwindle because they've got issues in their life, whether it's, you know, they're truly successful <laughs> and therefore don't need or don't have the time to actually engage. Or if someone has a child, uh, new parents, I mean, that's a very busy time in their lives. You've got to be able to engage with them so I think every individual or co- every community group um, has to be able to look at themselves and say, you know, sustainability, sustainability-wise, how do I engage these young, these people who seem apathetic? Mm-hmm. And I, and I say the word "seem" because, as you mentioned, eighty uh, percent of us who came here into the diaspora were looking for a better life, and once that starts to happen you no longer may not have the same needs that you had when you came here. Yeah, We need to recognize that as uh, the organization. So whether you're doing it by committee, whether you're doing it as, you know, as a fluid, fluid type of um, structure, mm-hmm. you need to recognize that people's um, needs will change. My view, uh, and this is my view, you need to meet those people at their points of need. So when someone is truly successful is, you know, at that point in time where they don't seem to think yeah. that, you know, that organization is... Serves is, my interest. Anyway. Serves your interest. Yeah. You can then change some parts of your organization because there is a core group. Whether you, you know, that core group, if you can, enter, uh, um, I guess, attract their attention to something. Uh, and I'll give you an example. In One Inch, we've got a Swahili school. Um, part and parcel of that Swahili school we have what uh, is colloquially called uh, the men's conference. Okay. Yeah, and this is something that is targeting um, men who have kids, right? right? And trying to engage them in social activities that are not just that are not just about their kids and their families. Mm-hmm. And we realized, as Wanainchi, the reason a lot of these men were not engaging as much with Wanainchi is because they've got family responsibilities. They've got responsibilities to their wives, to their jobs, mm-hmm. um, to cater for their families, mm-hmm. right? And because they're so engaged with work, with taking the kids for soccer, uh, for whatever else that they've got to do, uh, they actually don't have the time to engage as much as they possibly could. But engaging them and saying, oh, come and have a drink, come and have a chat. We then changed our, our outlook as to how we can engage these people. We are now looking at the youth. Um, how can we then engage? Because we've, we've realized there's a bit of a gap. Yeah. And I don't think it's actually 
apathy as such. I think it's the right. idea right. that their interests don't align <laughs> to the organization's, um, um, I guess, focus. Right. For lack of a better word, mm-hmm. I know the organization itself, and, I, and I'm talking specifically specifically about Wananchi is very interested in in getting them on board, but we haven't changed or or given them um, an opportunity to come engage. Mm-hmm. So once you're able to do that, and again, it comes back to that idea of community engagement, mm-hmm. constantly talking to your group and saying how can we engage you. If we're able to do that, then you'll be able to attract them. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't think it's apathy as such. It is being able to focus on, uh, as an organization, and I know this may be, is maybe something that stretches you quite thin, mm-hmm. um, but if you get the person who is interested, who is focused on that, uh, and you'll have, you will get this through community engagement, through talking to people, you'll find that you know, you're interested in dance and arts. And I'm, talk- I'm pointing at David right now. He's interested in dance, arts, he'll be focused on providing that. And if he's linked to my organization and I give him the power to actually do that, go out and engage on, uh, if it's monetary, if it's, if it's a space you need, we can provide you that space, then we're engaging them as part of one idea. I think I'll link it more, when I was linking it more to apathy, but again, I don't want to sort of create a big debate about this, is the fact that very, you know, if, if I'm new to Australia and you sort of help with the induction and you introduce me to the culture and whatnot. I'm of the view that eventually there should come a time where if a f- it's it's no longer about me, but it's about another new person who's coming into the space. I don't you know if I'm then. making sense. Yeah. So so do unto others as it was unto you. And and perhaps whether that that is something that should be done within the organization or people do it individually, silently, I'm not really too sure of that. But I'm against the idea that perhaps that's why I used apathy, but you don't have to still label it apathy. Hence, I use the word in a sense that, so now that I'm settled, I got whatever that I wanted when I came here two years, three years ago, therefore, I no longer have interest in this. Let me move on and focus on other things because this organization does not serve. I mean, should the organization be serving you always or you should find a space in your life to see that I can also serve other people, I can serve the community through the organization? That's actually a very good question. Um, Unless you have something to add to that. No, let's have Dave sort of (laughs) respond first and yeah. Yeah. It might be hard to speak into, but I guess with that, because ultimately... I think it's good you're saying uh, knowing that people's needs change, right? Yeah. So for us, it might not matter as much because the thing that we're trying to uh, instill in the like our group, it, it's a lot different. See, so you're networking people, you're actually helping them with their their social and economical status and whatnot. Where us, I think, um, I think we're teaching more so uh, more almost sentimental things. Yeah. Uh, so. We're teaching them things to do with their, like their morals and their ideals and whatnot. So it's easier for us, I would say, to just even when they move on, we're like, yeah, we support you, we're backing you, so you like go for it. Whereas for you guys, I understand it might be a struggle because you're actually trying to give them some kind of, uh, like, there's actually a practical side to what you're, mm-hmm. like, some kind of physical aspect to it. Um, whereas for us, like, we're focused on instilling values about culture so we know those kinds of things like we talk about the foundations before so these are foundational things that um no matter where they go no matter what changes like you this is still something that's so important to carry and i think it's it's really good that you brought that up because i guess the needs of the generations are also different say for our immigrant parents compared to the second generation immigrant yeah. me i'm a child of the diaspora mm-hmm. um so what is important to me which i guess is what's shaped in limb yeah. is my value for culture whereas for my parents it was important for them to start a new life and mm-hmm. seize the opportunities oh. um so i guess we're talking about apathy was yeah. ap- apathy yeah. um oh i've gone on a tangent i'm forgetting <laughs> what i'm speaking about now um I, Wait, I, give me the question again. <laughs> or you go for it. Uh, I, think, I think coming back to what you're saying is giving back to the community almost to a sense, mm-hmm. if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So once I've gotten to a point where I feel I'm comfortable and, and I, 
uh, I need to give back to the community. I think it's absolutely important um, for every community organization, um, considering that we know that community organizations are run voluntarily. Yeah. You need to get at a point um, to get people to understand that it is a volunteer role. Mm-hmm. Once people understand that it's a volunteer role and you're doing it out of passion, people then see that. That's just my view. And I'm not sure whether this is, uh, I'm just, I, I, I'm not, uh, I think, basing it on, on academic study. I think it's just from what I see. Yeah. Uh, I, and I'll take, uh, I'll take on another role. So I'm, I'm involved quite heavily with uh, Hunter Simba, which is a local soccer group, uh, which was formed, when we formed it, we formed it just to get um, people from um, different cultural backgrounds coming together around what they enjoy, yeah. what they, which is soccer. Yeah. And through that, you know, having the social connections and so on and so forth. And what I've realized is that if you give someone that passion that you have, they then take it up. So I think as organizations, we, not, we need to instill upon people through transparency, number one. Mm-hmm. So being transparent in whatever you do and saying this is how we run, this is how we, 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 um, we, we you know, um, do things. Being transparent. And once you're transparent, someone who sees that the idea that I came and volunteered my time to help you, hopefully, and 80% of the time, people then take that up because they then see that as being an opportunity for them to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I absolutely think that you need to do that from the very beginning and getting people on board saying that, and that avoids that apathy. I'm not saying that it will, it will completely yeah. dissipate. Yeah. There, there will be those individuals who see no need for it. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you give off that vibe, <laughs> for lack of a better word, it, it comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's cool off for a minute mm-hmm. and back up. But I've got just cooling off questions. Yeah, uh, I know you've got. A, uh, you you should have left already. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe if I can just find from you quickly, then I'll just remain and wrap up with Dave. Uh, what activities do you do at Wananchi? And first of all maybe the first question what activities do you do let's just t- touch that what are the existing activities so we we run a number of, of activities so uh, i think our biggest and most successful one is a swahili school we mm-hmm. run a swahili school every every saturday during school term um for school age kids um and that runs every saturday we run uh community gatherings get-togethers and these are networking opportunities we also run, and these are a range of activities from swimming to running to um, to just gathering around. We have our national days, which we celebrate. Um, so there's a number, almost every month we have a gathering uh, and it just might change uh, according to, to, to the gathering itself. Um, we also run a number of, I guess, um, uh, social activities targeted at individuals okay so uh, like i said the men's group we we also have a couple of uh women's groups that that meet together and this is more social than anything else we then also have a number of uh, or we facilitate as much as possible um and do collaborations with the university with um with um tafe and the like uh and facilitate opportunities for uh, interaction between uh, organizations from Kenya uh, uh, to partner with with organizations from here. If you're willing in any in any in any first capacity mm-hmm. to come and do that, whether it's networking, whether it's uh, running an event, we're more than happy to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, it is just about the networking and getting people together. What is the next event? Okay, maybe if I go there, how much is the Swahili school? Uh, Swahili school is, I think it's $50. I've, I've got to get back onto you <laughs> to, right. to that one. Right. Um, it is, yes, it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's $50 per, per semester or per term. Okay. And that can be covered by your creative kids vouchers for those who have got parents, uh, so those who are... Um, We've got kids. Right, right. And then what is the next event? What should we look forward to? Our next event will be our uh, March uh, get-together. 
if you look out for it on our Facebook page, if you look for Newcastle, 190 Newcastle on Facebook, you should be able to get it. If you cannot find it there, you can always email us. Our email address is 190.newcastle at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm sure you'll put it up somewhere for us. Yeah, I will, definitely. Uh, and, and you can get in contact with myself, and I'll be able to, to tell you a bit more about our, our organization. Um, yeah, that's pretty much us. Okay, let me throw the last question then for you, then I can let you go, because you've actually touched even where you can get, where people can contact you. I was going to come to that. Accountability. I won't let you go unless you speak to us about accountability. How does accountability play itself within Wananchi? Um and obviously, the, there might be different cases, but let me not give it any specific case at this moment. Like, you can just take us in whatever way you feel like. I think our accountability is very well rooted in a strong constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by that, I mean that our, our processes are rooted in our constitution. So it comes back to the idea that if you have a strong structure, you then have accountability for every single step you take. Okay. So, for, say for example, as a president, I cannot go out and decide that we're going to spend money on A, B, C, or D. Yeah. I've got to have the committee back me up, uh, and the committee put that together and say, approve it at a meeting. Once that's approved, we then have a, 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 a format of approving, sorry, of reviewing what we did. Uh, and then through that process, and all within our constitution, uh, makes us accountable. Yeah. So that means that we are able to go back to the community, go back to the community and say, you asked us to do this, or we decided to do this as a community, and this is, was the result. So number one, having a strong, uh, strong constitution, strong um, structure that is transparent. Anyone right now can come and ask us, what is your, um, your constitution? Where does it, what, what, what are the processes? Mm-hmm. It's transparent. Mm-hmm. So meaning, if someone isn't happy, we can always come back and say, this is what happened. Okay. So that means that you're always accountable. On the other part, the social accountability part of it, I think it's always important to express and to have discussions about how you make decisions as a community organization right. with everyday members. Right? Everyday members, if there's someone on the, uh, who wants to know how do things work, as long as you're transparent, mm-hmm. you're always accountable. Mm-hmm. So that means that if I've told you that we're going to do something and I don't come and do it, you can come back and ask me, but according to the way you run things, all right. you should have done this. And so I hear also that uh, all members who are part of the committee have to go through ch- working with child care tests and all that? Yes. So right. um, uh, part and parcel of our of our um, commitment is to ensure that whatever we do, we're doing it according to um, the laws and regulations of New South Wales. That's beautiful. And number one. Number two, we're also being um, accountable for our own people. Right. Um, I don't know anyone who comes and joins us from a bow soup. So some of those checks and balances make sure that as an organization, we are doing things correctly. And, and, I, and I, I, I applaud um, a lot of work done by the Department of Fair Trade because they actually give us some of these tools as an organization. Community organizations are based mm. on individuals who may not have that knowledge, mm. but you can always find that knowledge through a department. Uh, and the help that they give us is, is absolutely um, vital. Mr. Hebs, thanks for your time. Thank you very much. It was a it's pleasure. It's been an honor Thank having you very much. Towns. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Ah, amazing. Welcome. We've got just a couple of minutes to sort yes, of wrap sir. up. It was great <laughs> hearing from Habs. And yes, I'm absolutely. still remaining with Dave for two. Dave, what activities do you do and what should we look forward to? Yeah, so I think it's definitely become a part of our Nilalim culture over this last year that we engage in a lot of the other community groups because we ourselves are unofficial. Right, I think right. it's important to also uh, encourage our community engagement by participating in the things that are already existing. Um, a lot of the time, because we're young people, um, young people, youth, young adults, we might not know the opportunities and the avenues that uh, are, are there like yeah. for these events and stuff, obviously, because young people don't really follow this stuff, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, unless it's our parents who tell us about, say, yeah. the the festival for, for our culture that happened the other day. Um, so as part of that, since we're not official and ha- didn't really have like a whole lot of structure, um, 
we will participate in those already existing community mm. events and stuff like that um and other things there's there are, there are plans in the works um with this new position that i've been blessed with i'm working towards hopefully a cultural performance night nice. um as i said you know arts is really really yeah. good you know it's the common ground across cultures so that's what i'm working on towards this year so possibly in april stay tuned for that you know you can watch my socials for that one and then of course at the end of the year in december we usually have our nulem cookout right. which is usually the annual thing uh, but yeah there's a couple of things here That's and there amazing. Yeah. yeah look forward to coming and having nice of the food nice food yes sir. i've been trying to come and have food <laughs> but not african food because i'm used to a lot of african fair, food but I, I don't think i've ever tasted anything from the pacific as well apart from ah. apart from being told to eat food from the restaurants here but i mean like right that food the authentic made with stuff. Yes, you know? absolutely <laughs> so i look forward to that and 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 accountability i think we touched mm-hmm. on a little bit about this also even the last time but do, do you want to share how accountability sort of upheld within you know them yeah i think it was great what Herbert was sharing because because we're still fresh ish yeah um that's great to hear what he's doing so i can i'll take a book out of that uh um because i think it's so important when we do officiate ourselves to go around those i think it's really good that he's uh going with also what the legal requirements are for our state for our nation yeah um but ultimately at this stage uh, I think transparency is the main thing for us as young people. Um, I mean, like me, I'm literally wearing a shirt with our vision on the back. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll always be posting about it to sort of on my socials to sort of uh, teach people what Ninlem's about. So ultimately at this stage, uh, while nothing's really written down, yeah. the main thing for accountability yeah. is just transparency as we're talking about. Uh, yeah. So that's the main thing. That, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. How do you deal with past failures? Mm-hmm. If there's ever any within Inalem? Yeah, uh, good question. I guess one thing I will touch on is I remember last time you were asking if there was conflicts between, yes. say, cultures. Yes. So I think this will somewhat link. Um, we were talking last time, and at that time, there wasn't really uh, there wasn't any conflict, so to say. Um, even between not just cultures, but also the different experiences, say those who are who have freshly migrated to those who are second generation immigrants. Right, yeah. Um, and now over this last period of time, since we've last talked, there's been observations that I've made that I'm like, okay, now it's time, you know, start letting it <laughs> right. down. Um, but so the, th- the same thing still stands from what I talked about earlier is that it's so important that regardless of the conflict, the common ground is still there of right. what we're passionate about, yeah. what we are instilling and empowering in these young people. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Like there, there's been moments where I can see uh, maybe there's a little bit of a clash between uh, those from one, um, not area, well, area, area of the world to those of another culture. Um, sometimes because maybe just our values might be a bit different or right. our, our personality so to say uh, like the personality that we've sort of learned from our culture and from that of another sometimes there might be clashes so um, over this last season since we've last talked I've observed some things mm. uh, and then even I think we were talking about earlier actually how the needs of like the generations might be different yeah. but also the needs of those who are say a young person who's a fresh student, a uni student. So they they freshly migrated over compared to uh, someone who's born here, um, and sometimes those things just don't align. Right, um, right. So I'm still navigating that. But speaking of failures, speaking of conflicts and whatnot, I think mm. that's so important for me to just sort of mention uh, because I think we can all learn uh, that diversity looks like many things it does and not just culture yeah. but also diversity yeah. in experiences in uh in our social backgrounds so to yeah. say yeah. um so it's so important and if in the physique because mm-hmm. with with one and many other organizations including hack i was part of hack but I, I, don't, I cannot recall coming across any policies even that speaks about the disabled people mm-hmm. and as to whether they can be part of mm. part and parcel of the community and how how do they make space for them and, uh, yeah i don't know sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yep. that's it for me. I don't know if there's anything you want to oh, say more. Not really. Just keeping in mind all of that, you know, as much as there is so much diversity around us, uh, I think we can all agree that there is something so enriching about culture in general. So we can all be, we can use that as common ground, no matter what conflict, no matter what uh, what background we have. I think there's so so much... Uh, yeah, so much things that we can get and uh, benefit that we can take yeah. from uh, admitting and knowing that there is so many walks of life that are coming together here. Uh, but yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's a place to end. That's right. That's right. Social <laughs> and cultural literacy at its best. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming, Dave. Thank you very it's much for having amazing me. amazing having you and Hebs. And mm-hmm. it's been amazing having you, listeners of the Visions and Tones. Thank you so much. And as I always say again, go ye and be best human beings. Go ye and be the best versions of yourselves. And we are out.